Hey now, and welcome back to another episode of the Passionate Stewardship Podcast, a podcast for helping professionals who strongly believe in supporting their community and the humans who live there. I am your host, Dr. Sherry. Happy February, happy Black History Month, and all those good things to all my people of the Black and African diaspora. It is our month. It might be the shortest month of the year where every month is our month. You know what I'm saying? But this is our month. It's Black History Month. So happy Black History Month, my people. It is a new month. And this month, we are talking radical professional self-care all month long. I told you this year we are talking radical self-care. And so we're going to be going through all the domains of radical self-care this year. Like I want us as a collective, as a whole, as a community to really, really, really be taking care of ourselves. I am doing some personal development of my own. I have me a new therapist. I'm doing some work, y'all. It's not work that I haven't done before, but there are some things that are coming up in my own life and there are some decisions that I need to make in my own life. And I'm like, you know what? Let me not just talk about it, but let me be about it also. I'm always a talk about it and be about it kind of girl. I have always come to you very authentic and I will continue to come to you very authentic. I'm doing some some work and I hope going is working a journey with me. So right now, this month and possibly even next month too, we are doing and we are talking all things radical professional self-care. This year is the year of resilience and working on our whole self. So radical professional self-care, you know, it's an innovative approach to self-care that goes beyond the usual practices. Every aspect of radical care, whether we are talking social, spiritual, physical, we are going beyond self-care. We are going radical with these approaches. So this concept encourages individuals to prioritize their professional well-being. We going in the workplace. We are encouraging individuals to prioritize their professional well-being by taking proactive and transformative steps. It emphasizes the need to make significant and intentional changes in work routines, habits, and mindset to lead a healthier and more fulfilling professional life. Ooh, radical professional self-care entails several practices, such as setting boundaries, prioritizing personal values, practicing mindfulness, and confronting societal or workplace norms that that may lead to stress and burnout. It encourages individuals to question and also reshape how you approach your work and ensure that it aligns with your overall well-being. Like, again, we're not just talking about your manis and your petties and your massages. And, you know, that's not what we're talking about this year, even though we will probably, you know, 
We can set the tone for some aftercare with those things, but we are talking about things that are much, much deeper than the pampering methods of self-care. In essence, radical professional self-care, it involves recognizing the importance of self-care in the professional realm and taking bold actions to create a work environment for yourself that promotes balance, fulfillment, and sustainable success. So some ways in which we can do that in our workplaces is number one, setting boundaries. My therapist in my head, she's not my therapist for real, but my therapist in my head, Nedra Glover-Tawab, she's my, again, she's my therapist in my head. She has a really amazing book on set boundaries, find peace. And in her book, she has an entire chapter on how we can set boundaries in the workplace. Even if you are in a workplace right now where boundaries are blurred, you can always reset the tone. It's important to establish clear boundaries between our professional and personal lives to avoid work spilling over into our personal time. This can help us maintain that healthy work-life balance, and prevent burnout. Remember, you got to prioritize tasks based on their order of importance and impact and learn when to say no when necessary. And I am saying this as someone who is the executive director of an organization. It is okay to respectfully and professionally say no. If your executive director or if your supervisor cannot receive you saying no because you have to take care of your well-being, then there are some unhealthy boundaries and there is an unhealthy work culture going on. Those things have to be addressed. You, and I said this before, you are only given one body. At the end of the day, the work won't be there tomorrow. The work will be there tomorrow. And I am saying this as someone who supervises folks who has a lot on her plate. I walked away from the office today knowing that we are planning our annual fundraiser. There are six grants on my desk that are due by the middle of March. But what is most important for me today is to leave when my work day ended and to come home to my husband and my dog. That work will be there tomorrow. My deadlines will be met. I, Dr. Sherry, is who is most important at the end of the workday. Next is reflect on your values. It is important for you to regularly reflect on your personal and your professional values. You know, you got to always ensure that they are aligned with your daily actions. Are you showing up authentically? Are you showing up in your place of business? And are you walking in your personal and your professional values that you have set for yourself? By keeping these in the forefront, these this will help you stay true to who you are and maintain consistent behavior in how you show up for yourself, your organization, your clients, and your colleagues. Also make decisions that prioritize your values and that contribute to a sense of purpose for yourself. 
It also helps to do regular self-reflection. It's important to regularly reflect on your personal and professional growth and assess your progress. Identify areas for improvement. And I know we went over this on one of the episodes in 2023. Celebrate yourself. Celebrate those accomplishments. Celebrate your successes. Acknowledge the successes in your life. Seek support, whether that support be from other colleagues, whether that support be from other human service professionals or social workers in the community at other organizations. Creating a solid support system, it's so important for success, both professionally and personally. You know, having this network, it can consist of coworkers or maybe close friends or mentors, maybe college professors. For me, like my dissertation mentor, individuals who guided me through that dissertation process. They can provide you with sound feedback when you need it. Individuals who aren't afraid to call you or hold you accountable when needed. You need those kind of people in your life. It is important to discuss your experiences and challenges with people who you can trust and who can offer you guidance and support. Again, people who can call you on your mess. Like sis, you could have handled that very differently. Or brother, I know you could have gone about that in a different way. This helps you gain perspective and encouragement to overcome obstacles. One of the persons that's in my support system is my board chair. We have very good boundaries, but because she is very prominent in the community in which I work, she also helps me navigate a lot of what goes on in that community. But she is also someone who can say to me, Sherry, okay. I know you will say what you mean, mean what you say kind of girl. However, when you go in this room, I need you to dial it back a little bit. (laughs) So have people in your corner who don't mind calling you on yours and who doesn't mind or holding you accountable and who you can receive information from. Also, be able to advocate for good work-life balance. If you work within an organization that you cannot advocate for good work-life balance, I'm sorry, this is not a place where you need to be. If you are a human service, if you work anywhere in any profession, but particularly those of us who are human service professionals, social workers, maybe even doctors and nurses, if you cannot, if you are not empowered to advocate for better work-life balance, if you can't go to your higher-ups and say, you know what, I am tired I need a mental health day. I need a self-care day. Like I need a day of rest. That is problematic. If there are not policies in place to ensure that that is happening, that is problematic. Encourage the implementation of policies that prioritize maintaining a healthy balance between work and personal life within the organization. And I know sometimes, especially those of us that work in nonprofit organizations and those of us that work in nonprofit organizations that may run a component that is 24-7, seven days a week, 365, or we're places where hiring and might be an issue. I get it. But you still have to make time for your folks 
to rest and to take care of themselves. Because if they burn out, burnout will cause physical effects to your people. So you must have policies and procedures in place to ensure that you aren't causing your folks to burn out. And if you are a faithful listener of this podcast, you, we talked about this in 2023. We're going to talk about it in 2024. And if you are new to this podcast, welcome. How you doing? Remember to communicate about your workload to your supervisor and your stress levels or the trauma that you may be experiencing. I keep an open door policy. Advocates will come in my office and will process cases with me or will will talk about the cases that they are working or how they are struggling. I welcome that. That's one of my favorite parts of what I do. I want them to be able to process things with me and we bounce things off one another. But I also want them to trust themselves. And I always ask them, how does this feel in your body? Like, because I want them, I want to know how this feels in your body. You know, not just how this feels in your body, but before we make decisions with our clients, let's think about how this how this may feel in that client's body when we ask these questions or we place them in a room with by herself. And, you know, we have to think about these situations after a, a, a client has come out of a traumatic situation. So I love processing these types of things with our clients. But you have to you have to communicate these things to your supervisors. And unfortunately, if you are somewhere and you can't openly communicate with your your leaders and your managers and your supervisors, like it's not cool. It's not cool and it's not okay. And lastly, develop an after work routine. Now, this is where our candles come in. Okay. Develop an after work routine. Like once you leave for the day. Have you an after work routine? So my commute is about roughly an hour, 45 minutes between the office and home. My after work routine is I will call my husband to let him know I'm on my way home because I I travel so far. Um, There are days that I will call my best friend and talk to her on the way home. We, We catch up and kiki it up. There are some days I will talk to my son or I'll talk to my mom. But then there are other days that I will just... I go through my podcast episodes ro- rotation, not my personal podcast, but all the podcasts that I listen to. It'll be time for me to catch up on all, all my podcasts or I will listen to music or I will listen to a book. Currently, I am listening to um, I am listening to Nedra Glover Tawab's her second book um, about family dynamics. I'm, I'm listening to that book right now. So I'm listening to a book, but I take the first, after I call my husband, I take the next five or 10 minutes and I just sit in silence. I am sitting in silence and I am praying and I am kind of almost clearing my mind and preparing myself to come home. So I'm, it's almost like I'm leaving the stuff of the day in the parking lot and preparing myself to come home and be present to home life. And then I'll turn on my book or I'll turn on my gospel music 
or I'll make my phone call, whichever I'm in the mood for that day. Um, that's my day going home. Um, but if you have an after work routine and soon as I come home, I will light one of my candles from the passionate stewardship box line and I'll take my shower. And then by then I'll sit down and, you know, have dinner with my family. So those are the things that I have an after work routine, have an after work routine that does not involve work at nine 30. My phone is set that only certain people can call me. Um, it goes in, I think it's called sleep mode. There are things that I do to help maintain my own work-life balance. And there are things that I do that are beneficial to my own emotional and mental health. You know, I also, you know, develop activities that bring me joy and relaxation. And, you know, depending on what night of the week it is, it might be my night for Married at first sight, or it might be my night for 90 day fiance. It might be my night to watch something on TV, or it might be that night that my husband and I just lay in bed and we just talk and listen to music, whatever it is, develop an after work routine. If it's you curling up on the couch with a nice cup of hot tea and reading a good book, or if it's you catching up with your good girlfriends and having a good laugh or snuggling on the couch with your honey, whatever it is, have an after work routine that brings you joy, that brings you relaxation, that prepares your mind for the next day. But it should not involve work. You know, incorporating radical self-care, it's an ongoing process that involves self-awareness, intentional choices, and commitment to your overall well-being. Professionals, we, you know, we should customize this, customize this to our own individual preferences and circumstances and, you know, what it is that brings us joy. But we got to do it because we want to show up for people. We want to show up for people in a beautiful way. And if you are a professional that has to then leave work and go home and show up for little ones, you want to show up for little ones in a positive way, releasing the, the stress and the trauma of the day to show up for your little ones to help for homework or sports and Boy, do I remember those days. And you want to be present to those moments because, baby, those moments, they go by so quickly. So I hope you got something today. You know, our book for the next month, and I hope you'll go on this reading journey with me, is The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women and Men, Why Capable People Suffer from Imposter Syndrome and How They Thrive in Spite of It. And it's by Dr. Valerie Young. And I'm excited about this book. And I really hope you'll go on this reading journey with me. We will start reading this book today. We'll be posting it all over our Instagram. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about this book. Um, but yeah, radical professional self-care. That's what we're talking about the month of February. And we're going to even talk about it in the month of March. Because in order for us to show up for our community and, and the populations that we love to serve, we got to show up for ourselves. Remember, radical self-care is health care and kindness is free. So do me a favor and be kind to someone today. I love you so much for listening. 
Until next time, be good to yourself and others. Bye. Thank you.